Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel 2.28, and we equip for the outpouring so that we may engage in the outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have a very special guest today as we're getting ready for our Global Outpouring Convention 2021. And we're going to be featuring our speakers on these podcasts for the next few weeks. We want you to join us for that event, June 29th through July 2nd in Jasper, Arkansas at our Glory Tabernacle. And today we're having with us Pastor Mark Bristow. Welcome to the podcast today. It's a delight to have our dear, dear friend, Pastor Mark Bristow, who is on our board of directors, and he is a man of God that has been used in many nations of the world with a tremendous healing ministry. He got into the baptism in the Holy Spirit under Catherine Kuhlman, and, you know, it just took off from there. So what a blessing to have you with us, Pastor Mark. We love you Thank dearly. You. It's yeah. a, just a pleasure to have you with us. It's an honor to be with you. You know, there was an English evangelist of the last century. His name was Billy Bray. And he made a statement, when you were born in the fire, smoke won't do. I was born in the fire. And I want the, I want the move and the fire of God in everything that we do. That's why I love global outpouring. Yes. You know? Uh, just magnificent. I thought, you know, since the convention, one of the things we'll be praying and interceding for is the outpouring to manifest. There have been so many prophetic words by different ones that mm -hmm. uh, we have confidence in yes. about this mighty move, even coming on the tails of the virus, you know, like every place it was heavy, that the revival and the outpouring would be heavy. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I always think of, uh, going up there on uh, Mount Carmel when we were in Israel and, uh, where even after Elijah had the word, mm -hmm. it's going to rain. Right. You know, there'd been the, for those that maybe don't know the story, you know, he had, because of Israel's sin, there had been a, uh, drought ordered by the Lord. And then, the sin was taken care of and uh, it was then time for rain. And the Lord spoke to him, go tell the king it's going to rain. But then he had to go back up the mountain and pray. Doesn't say he prayed, but he kneels seven times. And every time ask his servant, what do you see? Well, and finally, the last prayer, he sees this little cloud coming up out of the Mediterranean, you know, the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, run, run, run. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. That's right. We're in that place right now. The, the word has been given, but we have to pray this thing on in just like Elijah did. Yes. Amen. And that's what I think we're going to do. Um, I, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, you've seen lots of outpourings yourself in your ministry all over the world. It's yeah. been, a, you know, um, 
you know my dear friends, Bill and Eva Dooley, who have traveled with us many places, Eva more than her husband, because he was a college professor. But Eva used to tell us of the way God was sending us. You know, she grew up on the island of Crete. And, uh, you know, they had vineyards and um, olive, what do they call them? Olive groves, olive orchards, yeah. whatever, yeah. olive groves. Olive grove, yeah. And um, they, they kind of had them, you know, you use the field for more than one thing. You had olive trees and then under them you had in places the, the, the vines and, you know. But when it came time, because most of the grapes would be sold for winemaking. So they want them at their very sweetest. And the men would taste and judge that. And then when it was the time for your harvest, somebody would put out the message to the neighbors and all the neighbors would run to your field sure. yeah. Beautiful. and begin to harvest. And then it was the time for my harvest. Everybody drops what they're doing Beautiful. and runs to my field. And mm -hmm. Eva has always felt that where God has sent us, in the nations, she didn't go on every trip, but many of them, that it was this harvest and everything was ripe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what a privilege. Yes. You know, I remember 40 years ago going in and if you want to say plowing the field, uh -huh. you know, when uh, you were there for 10 days, two weeks, weeks, and boy, if you could have one service where the Lord showed up and somebody got healed and somebody got saved and somebody was filled with the spirit board. You thought you hit gold, you know, but uh, today I remember walking in the very first time into pastor Juan Carlos Escobar's church there in Madrid. They don't know us, never seen us, mm -hmm. you know, you get somebody new, you got to look them over and see, <laughs> whether or not out here in west texas we'd say like a cow looking at a new pasture gate what in the world is that and how do i get rid of it <laughs> and uh you know you, you expect people to have to take a little time but that very first service as claren and nancy and the others led in worship and it was time to step to the pulpit Suddenly, the Holy Ghost fell. People began to shake. People began to fall out of their chairs. People mm -hmm. began to be healed. People, we never got the, I think we did 28, something like that, services across Spain in so many couple of weeks. And I think I actually got to preach three times. And that was because somebody wanted me to tell certain stories. <laughs> because they'd had good preaching they'd had good teaching i'm for the teaching of the word and uh, but you're, and you're a good teacher too yeah they'd had that you know they had good teaching and what they wanted was the move of the spirit i'll never forget pastor zapata uh in the great church there in madrid as nearly 900 people received the baptism of the holy spirit and wow. him down on his hands and knees with his face on the floor, worshiping God and uh, brother uh, Guillermo over in Barcelona, mm. you know, just overcome how privileged we've been, how privileged. I mean, we could tell stories like that in Argentina and yeah. other places in yeah. South Africa and so, but how privileged 
we've been. But I believe the words that have been given from those that I have trusted and what they've spoken has come to pass. Yes, amen. It's coming to America. That's right. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we're, we're going to be a part of this. Absolutely. You know, I'd, I'd mentioned to you, I don't know, a few years ago, I'm not much of a dreamer. I either have pizza dreams that you really <laughs> want to forget, <laughs> or once in a while, God will give me one. And uh, mine are usually very clear, but I'm not one of these people who can sort it all out and discover it all. He needs to just make it plain to me. <laughs> and uh, in the dream, you were there. Philip was there. We were in a huge stadium. Uh, the stadium itself, I don't think was in America. Just, you know, different countries build things different. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't look, it looked more like something we see, I don't know what nation, but in another nation. But there were people we, we started, the three of us and a few others were up in, I suppose, what you'd call the press box mm -hmm. and beginning to get sound ready. And a stage was being set up down in the arena and handfuls of people were beginning to gather from here and there. And of course, over in the Congo, you and Philip have been in not just exactly stadiums through the last go rounds, but, you know, with the many thousands. Yeah. But it was something like that. And uh, the storm clouds are gathering. Hmm. Well, you wonder, you know, will that deter people? But as uh, we grew, you know, just minutes from the time to begin, um, we're uh, the three of us are still up. And it's, it seemed like some of the speaking and emceeing might be done from that just outside the press box there on one of the balconies and uh, the main stage down in the arena, open air uh, stadium. And uh, all at once I looked around and whatever the thing seated, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it was, it was jammed. Hallelujah. Not a seat left. Yes. People, people in the uh, floor of the arena, people in all of the bleacher seating, just, I mean, not a seat anywhere. And as we began the service, the storm began. And it was a storm. Kind of like what we're having in America right now. Yeah. West Texas, we can have storms. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, uh, I used to preach sometimes in Ada, Oklahoma. You know, they have a tornado about every other day there. That kind of thing. I mean, serious <laughs> storms. <laughs> and uh, for a moment, the people were very afraid. I was afraid. You know, should we stop this? You know, you're working with microphones and microphones and rain don't mix well. That's not a good thing. And so, um, you know, we're wondering what to do. And then the rain begins. But it's not rain. It's some kind of golden drops that are the Holy Spirit. And it, you've been... Probably. I know it does it in Israel where the wind blows till it rains sideways. The, yeah. the rain was the Holy Spirit. It was an outpouring. And as it fell upon people, uh, you know, they were filled, overflowed, overcome. 
And there's a little song that we've sung at Global Outpouring for many, many years. I don't know where it came from. But it, it is something like in Africa, in Africa, the spirit is moving in China, in China, the spirit is that kind of thing. And those people in all of their languages wow. began to sing that. It's like wow. I had the idea and the dream. I don't know how many nations there are in the world at the moment, somewhere, <laughs> give or take. 180 with pocket change, something like that. <laughs> but I had the idea I was hearing about 180 languages. Wow. wow. All sung. And then what the knowledge was is this dream ended, is that those people took that outpouring back to every nation that they had come from. And I was aware that we took it to America. Hallelujah. Amen. So I am expecting, okay, God, uh, this, this uh, convention to be a good place for us to start into, you know? Amen. Hallelujah. Absolutely. So when you woke up from that dream, how did that make you feel? I, I woke up singing in tongues and couldn't stop for about two hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Then did that change your life in some way? in to believe God, it made what he has spoken to us so real. Nobody could ever tell me anything different. This is going to happen in America and we are going to be a part of it. Absolutely. Amen. There's no question of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had prophetic words. You know, I came into all this when I was 14 and that's about 49 years ago something like that, give or take. And uh, I'm 63. Listeners can do the math. Anyway, <laughs> prophetic words about these mighty moves of God. You know, I, I, I've told you and Philip, you know, when I was about 18, I had privilege to preach around Los Angeles just right after graduating high school. And one of the places was a place called Pisgah. Pisgah yeah. And that is where the, uh, I think it was two sisters and a friend of theirs owned uh, that place. And that's where the people from Azusa Street mm -hmm. uh, stayed, where they came from all over the world. It's a big campground. Mm -hmm. It looks... Um, some of us have been up to Calvary campground in Ashland, uh, Virginia. It looks something like that mm, okay. uh, or did, I don't know if it, I think it's been turned into some other things today, but uh, for years it, it maintained that. And, um, so every night after the services, which in those days in the seventies, uh, was mostly, um, street people and people that that where it was then was not the best area of town <laughs> and so it was ministering to they had some business people but a lot of the down and out you know yeah we had wonderful things but um every night after the services we'd go back to a dining hall they had a man there that was a cook in one of the big hotels there Oriental, dear Lord, could that man cook? <laughs> wow. 
But I sat across the table every night from at least two of these ladies who were up in their 80s now, and some nights, all three of them. And they were children in Azusa Street. Wow. Mm. And they told the story of arms and legs growing back. You know, that's Azusa, you know, the 1906 to 9 outpouring, more or less, there in California. That's long before prosthetics yeah. or long before plastic surgery. Those things didn't sure. come in until after World War I. They had peg legs, but that's about it. Yeah. There was a man they told about that had a, a, a peg leg, you know, a wooden, wooden leg strapped on with pillars and so on. Well, he just wanted, he had pain. The stump wouldn't heal mm -hmm. where they'd done the surgery. And he just wanted God to heal him so he could wear his peg leg. And um, Seymour, the leader, had him take the peg leg off and wrote his pants leg up there. And he had the young men come and support him, you know, on either arm so he could stand on the one foot. And all of the teenagers, which these girls, Sister Goldie and Sister Lucy, and I believe the other one, Sister Jane. What's our friend that I think wrote a book about it? Tommy, Tommy Welchel. Welchel. Welchel, yeah. What is it called? They told me their stories. Story. Or something yes, like uh -huh. yes. I think you can get it on probably out of the bookstore at Outpouring or Amazon or so on. Anyway, as they began to pray, they prayed in tongues. As they began to pray in tongues, she held up her hand in front of me with two fingers and said something about the width of my two fingers began to grow out the end of that stump. Hmm. And it grew down toward the floor in just a matter of a minute or so. Wow. And as it got to the floor, it turned. And her description, something like a little baby's foot formed. Hmm. And little baby's toes came out the end. Wow. And as the length was complete, then the, the leg and the foot began to spread until uh, in less than about two minutes where there had been no leg nor foot, there was a complete leg and foot, you know, and that guy, Lord, she, they told stories like that every night until my head was spinning. No, uh, that, that would make some people pass out if they saw that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, Dean Braxton told us about uh, when, when, when a person has an amputation, he said the reason why they have phantom pain is because the spirit limb still is there. still there. So the oh. spirit limb is there. It just needs to be filled in in, in the, the physical. Yeah. So we can have faith for that. We should, we, this, I have full expectation to be seeing this kind of thing. I've seen, yeah. I've not seen one grow back. I've seen severely withered hands, three of them, severely from severe injuries, healed right in, in front of me. And Philip, one of them years ago down in Houston, there was a man there taking pictures and he passed out <laughs> when, when the hand was made whole right in front of him. One oh, picture, wow. you see the hand, the next picture, you see the roof. <laughs> he just passed out flat of his back. <laughs> Not fell out, 
passed out. <laughs> oh my! Oh, and all um, such oh, amazing my. things in the days to Amen. come. And, and I believe that in this convention, we're probably going to see some amazing things. Oh yes, we're not. We're not just going to to intercede for it. I mean, we've seen amazing things in our conventions. What, can Can you relate to us any any incident in one of the conventions that you've attended that was that was life changing? Oh, you know, I, I remember talking about the outpouring of the power of God. One of the first times I spoke, I think, uh, I didn't get finished speaking. Hmm. And suddenly people began to fall out of their chairs Glory to God. and shake. And I remember there was a woman that came up. She realized God had healed her. She had cancer in both breasts. She had been through, I've forgotten how we probably have, I probably have her name and everything on file somewhere. And, uh, you know, she'd been through all the treatments and the cancer had recurred numbers of times. And uh, she she had run to the restroom to do a check and all of the tumors were gone. Glory to God. And I remember her just, you know, I remember... uh, one of our dear friends, Papa Dorn, Mm -hmm. standing beside me, just weeping. Uh, He knew the woman Mm -hmm. and knew the situation. And, uh, you know, we've just seen so many wonderful things. I remember when Pedro Ibar was there. That's what I was thinking about. And uh, he didn't get to preach. He was trying to preach. (laughs) And all at once, the power of God hit that place you know, is either like a bomb exploded or the the little Spanish kid at the birthday party broke the pinata. I mean, and (laughs) toys and candy went everywhere. Yes. And all at once, people began to fall out of their seat. People were laughing in the spirit. People were interceding. People were praying. Pastor Pedro fell. He'd like to have took the drum set out. (laughs) And I remember one of my friends, Sister Gwen was there. And I remember one of my friends holding Sister Gwen up so she could get back to her seat because she was hanging onto the pulpit for dear life. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that went on for, I think, about 45, 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even remember how it ended. I remember uh, being a musician. I remember quite a a miracle in my mind. Um, Teresa Crevier, the Juilliard keyboardist and incredible musician, was on the other side of the stage. And that girl can play in the spirit. Yes. And I'm on the other side of the stage with an old Hammond organ. And um, we're both playing in the spirit. And usually you guys in those conventions have the best sound anywhere. And of course, a professional comes to help and run and all of this. But because of the spirit falling, everybody was a bit discombobulated. (laughs) And the monitors were not up. So of course, I can hear the organ because the speakers are beside me. But I can't really hear her. We played in the spirit for at least 45 minutes. It's recorded. I've got the recording of it. We changed keys for musicians who know about all these things. We went from here to there and back over here and then over to another place in in the music. Mm. 
And you're wondering, will the other one, will she hear me? Will I hear her? Will we make it together? Because I have been in a service where you couldn't hear. And I went one place and somebody went someplace else. And it was kind of like a train wreck. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> For 45 minutes, we went everywhere together like we had choreographed it and practiced it for the Philharmonic. Wow. When I listened to that, it was the most amazing thing. You know, the Holy Spirit. Yes. There have been a few times in my life I've known what it is to prophesy with my hands. Mm. Just like the Holy Spirit came and took, and I'm watching what my hands are doing. Wow. And that was one of those times. And Teresa told me she had the exact same experience. I mean, we just had, we've had outpourings. Absolutely. Uh, in in those, those meetings, in those conferences. And uh, Lord, I remember one of our conferences that we did in South Africa mm -hmm. in, uh, oh, the town beside it is Boreaville. I can't remember what they actually call the town. It's the uh, Moravian. It, 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 it has a funny name, Philip. I can't remember. Hanadendale. Hanadendale. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but the, the near, right nearby is a town called Boreaville. And uh, it's on the east side of, Cape Town, for those who might be interested, about an hour or a half drive, something like that. And we were there and we were in the Moravian camp. And we were there because a little boy out of that camp in the afternoon who was paralyzed from some sort of a brain injury, birth injury, and couldn't, well, he wasn't paralyzed. He was so uncoordinated, he couldn't walk. And he is about two, almost three years old and, and couldn't, couldn't walk, couldn't talk. And we began to pray. And one of our dear friends, Rona, took him to the back and was holding him and praying over him. And the next thing I know, that boy comes running down the aisle. You remember that? I remember him running, yeah. And he has his bottle. his bottle. He's his holding hand. his bottle in his hand <laughs> and comes running, you know, uh, running down the aisle. And they tell me now that his parents can't shut him up. He began to talk immediately oh, and his parents can't shut him up. And the leaders of the Moravians there heard that. So they invited us into the main hall, which was, you know, wasn't huge, but it was packed, jammed. There was no room in there at all. And this miracle, I didn't even see. I've only read the medical reports of it. There were two miracles that night that were outstanding in the outpouring. One was a woman who was under treatment. And for my South African friends, I'll butcher this and I apologize. But I believe that famous hospital in Cape Town is called the Grotes Curie which I've been told means big barn. <laughs> but that is where the um, uh, first heart transplant were done. What was it back in the 60s? Yeah, it was Debakey. Yeah. Yes, where all of that was pioneered back there. Oh, and um, the, um, they have a, uh, I've been in it to pray for people. And they have a very fine wing where you pay mega bucks. And then they have a charity wing. And this woman had, um, leukemia and her belly was so swollen with fluid and uh, Nancy 
uh, who plays the harp in the meetings, her mother had been healed of leukemia. Mm -hmm. And I said, Nancy, come here and pray for her. Immediately, her stomach went down like somebody stuck a pin in a balloon. Mm. <laughs> she went back to her doctors. They did tests on her. They took all day. She was worried because she thought, okay, I've been healed. But then the doctors just keep testing, testing. She thinks, my Lord, what are they going to tell me? When it comes to it, the doctor said to her, ma'am, do you believe in miracles? She said, well, matter of fact, I do. <laughs> he said, well, that's good because I think you've had one. And they tested her. In fact, they <laughs> let her go. And then she was out on the bus to go home. And they came out to the bus and got her said, we want to run the test again. We want to just be sure. Totally healed of leukemia. <laughs> that same night, a little Whoa. boy, they had heard the other miracle of the other boy. They brought, brought a boy. I do not, I'm not familiar with this, this type of disease. He had myotonic, is it cerebral palsy, cerebral. I believe. Cerebral palsy. I know what that is. The myotonic, some way or another, it's a sudden onset, just very rapid. And the children I was told, now I'm only giving what I've been told of this, uh, seldom live more than a few years. And this little boy, about two years old, he was back in the back in that hall. I never saw him. He was in a coma. And mm. while all of this is going on and people are being healed and the Lord's pouring out, and people are being filled with the Holy Spirit and people are being born again. I mean, it's all, you'd have to be in one of the meetings. This mind kind of turned into a Holy Ghost free for all. Yep. And uh, uh, many people are praying over this one and that one and all of this is happening at once. That little boy suddenly set up out of his mom's lap and came alive. And wow. began to run around. Mm. Hallelujah. I don't know why they never brought him to the front, but they were so excited. They, 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 he was part of the Moravian congregation there. And um, their family. And so they just ran home to tell the rest of the family. They never stayed to tell anybody. I mm. learned about it from reports later. And uh, then was sent the doctor's reports on it. That they couldn't find he had ever had it. Wow. And of course, you know, that then opened that congregation to our friends going in there and ministering to the hundreds mm. of children uh, in that Moravian school. Oh. And uh, Lord, uh, you know, when we'd been in there for that school and I remember those kids receiving Jesus and uh, they'd want prayer and they didn't know what falling under the power was. <laughs> but just suddenly, you know, here's a hundred kids on the floor under the power of God, just scattered all over everywhere, caught up in the things of God. We've seen these outpourings in the nations. That's right. You know, I think of one of those first meetings we had there in um, uh, Buenos Aires in uh, Pastor Pedro's church there. Uh, it, it, what is the name of that thing? Iglesia. Um, El Puente. El Puente. Yeah, uh, Church at the Bridge. Yeah. And um, we had been the night before, a few of us had gone in early, a day or two. And we were over at your friends in Mar del Plata and with their friend, Brother Guillermo. And uh, the first thing that happened, I would just begun to preach. And a man that had paralyzed with a stroke just jumped up out of his chair 
and mm-hmm. ran up on the stage. Well, you forget the preaching at that point. That's a better sermon than I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just had outpouring there. And, and so we get to uh, uh, Buenos Aires, a suburb called Quilmes, there where the church is. Well, we're supposed to be the next day. We're supposed to have the night off. Right. Because all of you came in from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Or many of our people came in from the U.S. that day. And that, you know, that's a, what, 12, 14 hour flight. And everybody's worn out. And well, you've got to cross town once you get in there on the, the you know, the, the taxis and all. Anyway, everybody's tired. Yeah. You, you like to have a day off. When you're yeah. Right. You know, I mean, so you at least make sense. <laughs> and we get the call. The people heard about the miracles last night over in the other city and 4,000 people have showed up. Wow. So we get to the church. And if you remember the great violinist, Juilliard violinist, Maurice Scalar was with us and he and Claren and Nancy began to play the Agnus Dei, you know, Alleluia, Mm -hmm. that thing for the offering. (laughs) <laughs> Pastor Pedro's just stood up to take the offering and they began to play that. Oh yeah. And the people, you remember that the people yeah. began to sing it mm-hmm. yeah. and it went in waves and waves and waves. Well, the offering was finished after a while and I stepped to the pulpit and the people won't quit. Mm-hmm. They won't quit. And it keeps going. And I have learned one thing when the spirit of God begins to do something like that, don't mess with it. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And so all I know to do is let that roll. That went on for nearly 40 minutes. I was looking at my watch. Just amazing. And then I look down and this sweet little mama stands up out of a wheelchair mm-hmm. and begins to run in the altar area. And then somebody runs up with a little eight-year-old boy who had been born blind and calls me down into the altar. And the little boy is screaming at me in Spanish. I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. Mm, And then we got a call the next morning at eight o'clock of another one. He wasn't healed in the meeting, but when he woke up the next morning, he could see. Praise the Lord. One of our friends that was there, Maria, prayed for a little girl who was blind in one eye and the doctors were, it was a disease, afraid it had begun in the other eye, 12 years old, baby. And her father and mother were there, but they were estranged from one another. Mm. And when God healed that little girl and they took her back to the doctor the next day, mom and dad suddenly got back together. I mean, that's what outpouring does, you know? Yes. One of the funniest ones, I I can't remember whether you guys were there the second time we were in there or not. You may have been, I can't remember. I had one of my my friend Aquila's leaders with us. His name is Wilford. And he's back, you know, again, we've got people praying all over the auditorium and it's 7,000. And they're here and there and wherever they think the spirit of God is moving. And I'm trying to direct traffic from the platform. And uh, all at once, I hear screams. I mean, screams from the back of the auditorium, trying to figure out what in the world, what had happened. A man walked up to Wilford with a patch over his eye. And Wilford, you know, with the interpreter said, uh, because Spanish, 
said, what, what, what do you want? What do you need? The man took the patch off. He had been hit in the eye with a portion of a blast from a shotgun. Some of the pellets hit him. Wow. And the eye was there. If it had been in America, they'd probably removed it. But the eye was there. The pupil, cornea, all that was gone. Nothing there. Mm. Just white. Wow. And he said, I want my eye. Hmm. Wilf- Wilfred said to me, I didn't know what to do. So I just thought, well, he put <laughs> his hand over the man's eye and prayed and said in the name of Jesus. And he took his hand away and there was an eye. Glory to God. And Wilford began to scream and the man began to scream and the interpreter began to scream and everybody who was standing around him began to scream. Oh. I'm telling you what, nobody slept that night at the hotel. They were up all night with that thing. It's outpouring. You don't have to beg people. You know, I remember one night there when about 2000 had received Jesus and 5,000 received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in one night there. We're going to see these things. Yes, we are. I've seen them here and there. Yes. But we're going to see these things in this outpouring. Yes. This, is, this is what this is all about. Absolutely. Um, to show the mighty power of God. Uh, we don't serve. Uh, I know the church has become somewhat powerless. But the Lord's going to restore Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Amy Simple McPherson, the great lady preacher of yesterday, Amy Simple McPherson, one of her first sermons was preaching Joel in the last days. Yes. I'll pour out my spirit upon my servants and handmaidens. And it goes on. And of course, that's the story that that's that's really what global outpouring was founded on. Mm-hmm. but her what god gave her this is that now that's right this is that now we're going to see it now yes. amen. amen 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 absolutely amen. are and we're going to see it at this convention that's coming up yes june 29th through july 2nd and you can go to our website globaloutpouring.org and click on the event and and have a look at more details and and how to how to come and if you can't come you can certainly tune in on our facebook page or our youtube channel and participate in whatever god is doing sometimes we have people watching from all over the world and sometimes they just they they'll even set aside the whole time and go into a hotel just so that they can they mm-hmm. can just close in with god if if they can't get here they'll close in with god and and yeah. be ministered to it's life changing it's yes. absolutely life changing so we invite you to come or tune in and uh, and i think we need to have you back next week uh, pastor i would be glad to and let's let's talk about some more of these things that uh, that you've seen god do as you've watched outpourings happen and maybe you can give us a sneak preview of what god is giving you to minister in this convention sure so before we close i'd like for you to uh, just pray for the people that are listening that one that one listener father pour out Pour out your spirit. Yes, Lord. Right now, whatever they need. Father, those that may be watching, listening to the live, those that may be listening to a rebroadcast, it won't matter. Your spirit is the same and you'll touch them. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
meet their needs, heal their bodies. Some are hunger, hunger, hunger for this outpouring. Lord, you said that when we hunger and thirst, we shall be filled. So fill them, flood them, overflow them, overwhelm them with the power and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let it flow, as my friend Eva says, to them and then through them out to others. To them and through them. Lord, use them. Some are so hungry to be used by God. Father, pour out upon them. You'll you use anybody that just says, yes, Lord. Yes, yes Lord. So, Father, that's, that's the only reason you use me. I said yes and kept saying yes. Father, in Jesus' name, use them for your glory. Let them see and experience this. The outpouring in limited to us. It'll fall on anybody who is willing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org To find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.